0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my special guest today is Kiana Daniel. Kiana, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited.
1: I have followed you a lot on social media and, and I, and of all places on Fox Business News, you're, you seem to be on there more than the hosts are. So I think just recently they had, they have really wanted to kind of tap into your expertise.
0: Yeah, it's been a blessing. I mean, so here's the thing. I actively try to not listen, not to listen to the news because it goes against my strategy. And I try to manage my emotions by cutting out the news and the noise. And then I get called on to go and create and add on to the noise, and I'm like, great! Now I have to read about the news, and it actually messes up my strategy. So it's great to be on, but at the same time, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it, there are two sides, to it, definitely.
1: Well, I know that, uh, I mean, every guest that, that we have on, we, we ask them to do kind of a short bio to get us rolling, but your bio is so incredibly diverse that, you know, we, we could take the entire show. You just walk through your time in the three or four different countries that you've lived in. And I mean, that, that Japan experience especially is just, it just blows my mind that what you did as a, as a young lady, but this is your time. Please share whatever bio background you want to share.
0: Yeah, let's not do the long version because that will be very, very boring. (laughs) I'm not gonna bore your audience to death. But yeah, so I'm originally from Iran, Persian Jewish, went to Japan on my own to study electrical engineering out of all things. And then um I hated the I hated it, but I studied it for six years regardless, just to, you know, because you're like, oh my god, I started it, I have to finish it. And then you're like, oh my god, I got a degree, I have to work in it. And then I'm like, oh my god, I hate it. So uh, I decided not to do that and i got introduced to investing actually trading at the time 2008 market crash like i was super interested in in it and accidentally made some money and i was like i gotta dive deeper into this and decided to come to, to new york start working on wall street got fired went back in blew up my account started trading and then i finally found my way um value growth investing and and now I, my goal is my mission is to help other, well, now that I'm a mom, my mission has become to help other moms, but it's basically, you know, anyone who's interested in investing and in finance to do it the right way and cut down on all the, all the trial and error that I did that uh, took me a while to really find the, fa- the right path, especially with all the noise and social media and right. everybody saying, you like the hype and FOMO is real. So my goal is to be the anti, the anti-FOMO, the anti-hype, and um, in helping people to really create sound investment strategies for their family and for their children so they can take control of the financial future.
1: You know, my my degree in at university was in economics. So I mean I love the whole theory behind money and I know that there are so many strategies out there and, and, you know, whether it's a day trader, whether it's somebody, you know, how do you invest to, to, to maximize return on a very short term basis? I mean, I like the, the way that you've kind of looked at this, you, you have this, it seems to be a very balanced view of short versus long. You know, how do you, how do you kind of ignore And you mentioned the word just a second ago, how do you ignore the noise? You know, as you're as you're investing. So how did you kind of arrive at, at your own system? And was it trial and error? Did you kind of take bits and pieces from you know the, the gurus out there and and just kind of put together your own system? I'm just curious how how you birthed that system, the, the invest diva system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been it took me a decade to put it together and a lot of education. I did study for the certified financial planning degree. And I Mm -hmm. studied for a certified financial advisor and CMT, charter market technician. And then I got, because my first job was as a Forex broker, I was very close to the trading community. And obviously I started day trading and obviously that blew out my account. But I was also putting myself out there and kind of creating videos on social media at very early on to share my journey with others. And one of the biggest, change makers in my strategy was somebody that I actually interviewed on my show yesterday, Guy Spire. And he saw one of my videos on LinkedIn. Is like, Kiana, you're doing it all wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Who are you even? Turns out he's had lunch with Warren Buffett and he taught me about value investing. He just sent me his book. That's basically what he did. And, uh, but that like literally two words that, hey, stop trading and start investing, Mm -hmm. changed my whole system. And even though after that I got into riskier assets like cryptocurrency or anything else, I still hold on to value investing values um, regardless of the asset that I invest in. And that is how I, every time I kind of get emotional about my investments, I go back to what has been proven to be the method to be the most stress-free method of investing. I mean, it's just, even if you make a ton of money day trading, to me, it's not worth the stress. It's just not. So I
1: I love the, I mean, I I was looking at a video earlier that, that I think you had done maybe for Facebook and, and you kind of did a screenshot of one of your charts. And I thought either she's designing the space shuttle or she's got, I mean, it, it was like you know, the, all these trend lines going in different directions. And, and so, and here's the, the inflection point we're looking for. And here, I'm like, so we're not talking about just, you know, like dollar cost averaging or you know how do you, you know, how do you kind of double down if it, it goes to a certain level? I mean, it is a very complex system you designed.
0: Right. So that is a different piece. That is, so I've mixed it up for sure because I started out with day trading and technical analysis was a big piece of it. And then, so it also comes down to Japan. So, that thing that you saw on my chart that looks like literally like noodles are walking on my chart that nobody can make sense of it. I'm like, what is that? So, that is a Japanese indicator. And I was lucky to learn about it on one of my trips back to Japan. When I started working on Wall Street, I uh, got uh, a freelancing job as a consultant for a high frequency trading company who was trying to expand in japan so we ended up traveling back to japan business class awesome and we would go to these japanese uh, finance corporations and i was like the japanese you know translator slash business whatever it was and um, at one of the parties like corporate after parties i was talking to one of the japanese people asking them about their strategy and how they keep up with New York because they are, you know, ahead and uh, time difference and all these things. And he said they use this indicator called Ichimoku, which basically yep. is a is an average, is um, is it's um a moving average, but mm-hmm. it's five moving averages. And the combination, once you get used to it, gives you a better understanding of the market sentiment. And they use it for more higher frequency, you know, shorter-term trading. But I realized that it actually works even for long-term value investors. So I took that and I brought it, I kind of compiled it into my value investing method. So I don't do dollar cost averaging. That is like the most relaxed version. I do it a little bit, like I'm kind of in between. Mm -hmm. So if there is a bubble, Ichimoku, the Japanese indicator shows me and I know that I have to wait, then I use, you know, technical analysis to see where the key psychological levels are that the market could drop to. And then instead of just being stuck to my screen all day, I set buy limit orders at those levels. And then I just let it be, then I go about my day, then the buy limit orders go through or not go through, then I come back like every week or every month, check it and adjust it a little bit. So it's relaxed, but it's not too relaxed. Like I don't just let it be for right. 25 years. Right. But Not
1: completely yeah. hands off. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when did you, when you first started and you were talking, you know, you're trying to figure out how, you know, your, your personal investment strategy, were you doing this as a, as a means to an end or was it the end in itself? I mean, did you, did you set out to, I am just trying to figure out how to invest my own money so I can make a good return and provide for the family or at least, you know, contribute to the family, that type of thing? Or, did you do this with the idea that I'm setting something up to be able to teach others how to do this as well?
0: That's a great question. So what happened is that uh, a bunch of things happen. First of all, when I first got interested in the financial in, in, in financial industry and in investing to begin with, I was scared of actually diving into it because I was like, I don't know about this. Like I'm not trained. I, I don't even know what a market recession means
1: says the only female in her class in japan
0: i was learning
1: japanese on tv
0: (laughs) so yeah i had a tv show so that's how it actually got started so i was on a tv show in japan as well and they were talking about mark recession i'm like what's a recession like i didn't know the word for it in japanese i did not know the word for it in english i just didn't know what a recession is and i started learning about it and uh, I accidentally. one of my friends helped me short the dollar yen pair and I made $10,000. I doubled my money within a month, 2008. And I'm like, this is cool. But I knew I got lucky. I was smart enough to know that I got lucky with making that money. And, but the power of investing goes kind of becoming avail- like, um, shown to me. And I'm like, okay, I was hearing that, you know, the governments are printing money and that means inflation is going to go higher your 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 money in the bank is going to get devalued so i was learning all these things i'm like okay so i gotta invest but i don't want to do it on my own because i don't know how to do it so i gave money my money to a money manager and that money manager locked my money up and um they kept like the um, kind of agreement that we had with them was that I had to keep giving them money for like a year or two, and like otherwise, whatever. And I was like, okay, so I kept giving them money, and I was looking at my account. That I'm like, they're not really doing much with it. And then that is when I decided I'm gonna go to uh, go to Wall Street and learn about it. And then I got fired from my job on Wall Street, and then I needed money. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go get the money from the money manager to pay rent. And the money manager says, oh, yeah, you can, but you have to pay 75% penalty because you wow. told us, you know, it's this is going to be a 25-year thing. I'm like, what? So you're not doing anything with my money and it's locked up and I can't pay rent. So that like infuriated me. Mm. And um, so I was desperate to learn about it. And of course, at the same time, so your question was, was it to, you know, to make money? Yes, but also I was, I also had this like, when you get fired so a lot of things when, when you hit rock bottom you hit rock bottom i got fired my boyfriend broke up with me like i couldn't get my money out like everything was going wrong and i'm the type of person that i'm like okay so i have to turn this around somehow and um i said i'm gonna share my journey so other people don't maybe other people are feeling the same way so i started at the same time i started my education journey at the same time and i was teaching about the things that I had learned at the time, which was because I worked at a Forex broker, I was teaching about Forex, which is when Guy fire saw me on LinkedIn. So they both happened at the same time. Right. And I had all these ups and downs. I blew out my money. I started reporting on the New York Stock Exchange, learned more things, became a consultant, went back to Japan. And the pieces just came together mm-hmm. year after year after year until I had it all together. And I was like, okay, this is it. Um, so it happened at the same time, ironically.
1: But that was, I mean, you, you were, at that time though, you were putting together a system for yourself, correct?
0: Yes, I wasn't aware I'm um, putting together a system. I just wanted to pay, make money to pay rent. <laughs> so right. I was looking, I was listening <laughs> to everybody and anybody. I i didn't know any better. So, um, and I knew that I have to, I didn't have the money to invest in myself at the beginning to like go and learn about it so it was like I'm gonna work for free so I I interned for free at Wall Street other Wall Street uh, corporations to just I just like literally was begging people to teach me things and some people did and when I was reporting at New York Stock Exchange it was again um, a um, freelancing job Mm -hmm. I was listening to everybody that people were saying and then even though I was listening to everybody what everybody was saying I lost a bunch of money because they were managing like a million dollar account and I was managing $500 and it just didn't add up. So blew up the count. So, um, it it was definitely a trial and error, um, path on my end. And and I'm hoping that I can help people kind of skip through, kind of fast forward through all the trial and error. Cause it's, it's tempting. Yep. It's tempting.
1: So was there an inflection point that where you went from, you know, okay, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm doing videos on LinkedIn, I'm doing videos on Facebook, you know, just kind of helping people walk through the journey to saying, wait a minute, this is actually a business. I mean, there are people that are asking me to teach them how to do this. Now, I, I, I have kind of a double monetization strategy. I have the investment side of things, but I also have the, you know, just the fact it's a fee-based or it's a course-based, you know revenue stream that you're saying, this is more than just a personal system I've got here.
0: Yes. So that is interesting that that happened. I always knew that I kind of want to monetize my education. I always wanted to write a book. So the first thing that I did was I wrote a book. I'm like, I'm an author. So it was a dream come true. It wasn't more about, it wasn't about the money it was about becoming an author. Mm-hmm. So my motivation at the beginning with Sharing my journey wasn't the money, was right. just becoming an author and sharing and becoming a figure there. I did not think about the money at all. When I so the moment that I started thinking about the money was um, so I went to the UK. I was invited to speak at the University of Westminster, mm-hmm. talk about my Ichimoku system because now I'm an author, right? And one of my, the person who had invited me to go there and talk to their crowd was Rob Booker. And he told me, I was telling him, yeah, I'm like building a website and it's like super hard. I have to hire people. I don't want to do it. And he told me about ClickFunnels. And ClickFunnels is a software developed by Russell Brunson, right. who's an entrepreneurship guru. Yep. Yep. So I was like, oh my God, ClickFunnels sounds amazing. Instead of a website, I can just do it. Awesome. So I got into ClickFunnels and of course, Russell Brunson targets me. and was like, hey, come learn about entrepreneurship. I'm like, oh, okay. What's that? Oh, okay. What's that? And 2016 is when I went down the rabbit hole of becoming an entrepreneur and yeah. It's been an, kind of a, a heck of a, a, heck of a <laughs> run. Right. It's been It's been very prosperous and yep. for good reason because so Russell Brunson is all about entrepreneurship, but it's also about, you know, sharing your advice and getting paid mm-hmm. for it. Yep, That's all what he does. And it was like, great. Oh, people are going to actually pay me for my advice. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, and they're going to actually listen better. Oh my gosh. So Turns out people who pay pay more attention, and if you really Absolutely. want to make a movement, you got to charge them. And I'm like, what this goes completely against everything that I believe. So, uh, and it's been true, we have now over 2,000 people paid students in our community, and they're like, Kiana, thank you for charging mm-hmm. us. I'm like, okay, why are you so cheap? Like, people are literally like, is this legit? Your course is too cheap. I'm like, really a thousand dollars is so cheap. Okay. We're going to make it $2,000. So that has been, like, (laughs) that has been, it's been interesting to see the business side of things for sure.
1: But are there multiple levels in the, in the group that you have in, in the invest diva community?
0: Absolutely. So of course the first level is now my books. And the free training that I put out. So I'm a big believer of still putting out as much value as I can out there. You so certainly do that. On TikTok and on YouTube and on Facebook, mm-hmm. I try to give my best uh, out up front. And um, if people are interested in learning more and working with me, then we have the power course and we have the monthly, you know. We, I, now, now I have coaches from the people who came to my course and learned it now that are good enough to be able to coach other people. So we have coaches uh, on a monthly basis who they go live and talk about the investment strategy and how to apply my system to our students, um, investment strategies. And then now we have a very brand new tier, which is funny that you asked um, where we call the accelerators. It's a million dollar accelerator where I actually teach my full wealth system. Because my, the story is, of my life has been investing in myself, then kind of making a little bit of money and then going and investing it in the markets and then investing more in myself, learning about entrepreneurship, making more money and again, invest and then make the money work for me. So I call it my Zen wealth system or Zen wealth. I don't know. We have to come up with the name of it, but it's Zen wealth it's called Zen because it's not like super hyperactive. It's just like invest in myself, increase my income and make my money work for me on the side. So I teach that in this accelerator program, how to make more money by turning your passion into a business. Cause now I feel like, cause I've done it, I've made like a million dollars, over a million dollars in my business. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can teach you how to become an entrepreneur. So we're doing that and then we take that and create investment strategies so that they have the whole system going on for creating wealth.
1: So you've got, I mean, it's almost like a two-pronged strategy because you're probably still investing personally. And then you're also teaching people how to do it for themselves. Which do you prefer?
0: Oh, I only want people to do it on their own. That
1: no, no I'm like sorry. One. Like, do you prefer working with, uh, it's not a trap question. I mean, Some people just love investing so much that that's like the highest calling in their life. They just, they love the markets. They love the movement. They love the process, the strategy, the systems versus, you know, and, but yet, yes, I want to give back to the community. I want to feed into that. Or others are like, Man that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is the is just working with the students on this side of things and I I you know the investing's okay it, it, it you know it, it's great returns because I I have a good system now but I really love the the community side of things so which which side do you think is the is the driver right now
0: So that's an interesting question because I used to love the markets ups and downs, but I've come to realize that loving the markets is only going to make me lose my money. So I actively try not to look at the markets, but I also have a passion for getting people understanding how to invest on their own so that they don't go to money managers or don't leave all their money in the bank or don't leave all their money in the 401k that they have to pay all the penalty if they, for God forbid, if they need it. Cause like they can actually outperform these money managers, Mm -hmm. but I also love teaching. I actually Mm -hmm. do enjoy teaching a lot. I'm just a coach at heart. That's why I loved writing books. That's why I loved even being on TV. Cause being on TV is coaching, is chatting with people. So it came up kinda, I feel like everything came together to bring all of my passions in one place. And I know that I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was working at a corporation. They wouldn't allow me to do to bring all of my passions in one place. And um, I feel like it's a gift. I'm very blessed and humbled to be able to really incorporate all of my passions in one place. And I know a lot of people are multi-passionate. And that's where we we're like literally yesterday, we were talking about our with our accelerators, and they were like, okay, I like Taekwondo, but I also like. I'm an optometrist and I also like investing. Like, what do I do? I'm like, this is what you do. Don't put all your passion, don't put your passion in investing. The invest, investing side should be the boring side and then put your passion in a business where you bring along others like yourself along with your journey. So I feel like really um, entrepreneurship is a gift and um, I've tried very hard to, as I said, um, every emotion that I have, I don't put it in the investing side because that will become disastrous. I focus it on the business side. And that has helped a lot with truly creating wealth because the investing side actually needs to be boring. Um, And I learned that the hard way. So, and as it kind of hurts sometimes like, okay, I teach about investing, but I'm not that actively investing. Like you get the imposter syndrome. Yeah. But then I remember, okay, that's the name of the game. Like you shouldn't be actively investing because that is what the brokers want you to do because that is how they get paid. They, right. get paid. they get paid by the activity, so it's definitely weird. But um, yeah, I
1: mean, I I could I think I could have answered that question for you because I I mean just just watching you know TikTok videos and Facebook and I mean it's amazing how how frequently you are online with these little you know, I mean, half the time you're holding your child and half the time you're like, you know, the little, the little catchy little, you know, here's the five steps that I want to talk to you about in this, you know, minute and a half video or whatever. And, but you can just tell that it's just something that you enjoy doing. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, it, it gives you energy instead of draining it from you, you know, and, and that is, that's a passion. That's the way that you're, you're wired. That's the way you're built. And that's, that's just how it is, is it expressing itself, you know, in, to bettering someone else i mean i i mean i really appreciate the fact that that you do give so much value outside of the of the courses i mean it's you know people can learn a lot just be, just watching you
0: no absolutely so the funny thing is people in my course ask me okay where do you learn about like where where did kiana talk about you know let's say i don't know the rule of 72 and I'm like, yep, there's always a TikTok. So I post a TikTok in our course. I'm like, just watch my TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have everything on TikTok. <laughs> and has
1: great music too. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's never boring for sure. <laughs> 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 right. it just, we have a little music background. It's like, yeah. yeah. But uh, so what what is it that, what's the next step? What's the what's the next, you know, what's the 3.0 version of Investiva?
0: So right now, believe it or not, I never thought this will happen, but we're now expanding our team. And I was for the longest time, a solopreneur. I was the customer support and the tech support and everything support. And now we have a team of 10 people. Wow. We have a COO and I have an executive assistant and we have support team and we have coaches. All of them are from our own community, which is just, super amazing. With our grown. Students. Yeah. They were like, absolutely. They, they were passionate about the mission and they wanted to add on to it. And it's just super amazing. And we have people, even the people who are working for me are from different countries and it's just been super amazing. So, uh, definitely last year, 2020 has been really crazy good. So I know for, I mean, for we were just quarantining at home and I was just, you know, that's when I started doing TikToks and everything just blew up uh, thanks to the quarantine, I guess. So there was always a good in the bad.
1: Speaking of quarantine, I mean, how, how did COVID affect like your plans for 2020 as you were kind of growing your business?
0: Um, interestingly enough, I think because a lot of people were looking to so the market crash happened and people were quarantining they were depressed and i was depressed at the beginning and i went on tiktok and everybody was on tiktok and uh, we kind of created a community over there Um, many entrepreneurs also say the same thing that the quarantine actually was really good for um, bringing the communities together and a successful business is always about the community and That's really what happened during the quarantine. And actually one of the best things that happened was that I was finally able to get the mom's attention for whatever reason. I feel like before 2020, um, no matter what I did, I always wanted to serve women, but because it's such a male dominated field, I always got men, like 96% of my students were guys or my book readers or anyone, my following. And... Um, the quarantine changed things around because I feel like a lot of moms now who are working maybe or um, uh, lost their job. I mean, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but they kind of saw the um, importance of being financially literate. And my story suddenly started speaking to them.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: So now it's amazing the number of women who are interested in investing. They're rocking it and are just like managing their husbands and boyfriends and like portfolios. It's just things change. 2020, literally this male-dominated field around, And uh, I couldn't be happier to see this.
1: Got more divas than devos.
0: Yes. And it's <laughs> amazing. Like we had to literally have a term devo because like we didn't have any divas and now we have a lot more divas and devos and they like the divos are calling themselves divas which is i'm like yeah girl power awesome um, the guys in our the men in our community are amazing but um yeah it's just it's um it's interesting to see that something that is perceived to be a bad thing can actually sometimes be a good thing for you because now you're prepared because crashes happen all the time we never know what's gonna what's life is going to throw at you. And that's my whole thing. Like I started out during the first, the 2008 crash, and now we have this crash and we're probably going to have crashes again in the future. So the best thing you can do is to get prepared. So.
1: Well, I would, I would be remiss if, uh, if I didn't ask you two questions as we're kind of wrapping up today. Number one is I, I, you know, you always hear so much about blockchain. You know about kind of the the cryptocurrency, and I'm looking at your book, cryptocurrency investing. <laughs> that's sitting right behind you. Uh, insert shameless plug here. But what is, what do you think? I mean, it, it's difficult to say. Yeah, this is what this is what Bitcoin's going to do, or this is what Ethereum's going to do, or this is what Litecoin's going to do, or whatever. So, but uh, from a long term strategy, what do you see in the e currency space?
0: So. The reason I'm interested in cryptocurrency is personal and I'm particularly interested in Bitcoin. And I wasn't, I was very skeptical. I actually learned about Bitcoin in 2011. One of my, one of the people who I was like working on Wall Street was like, go buy Bitcoin. I was like, no, of course not. Like um, 2016, 2016, a lot of things happened to me but uh, one of them was a um, company in the UK again asked me to do research and analysis on cryptocurrency for them and um, kind of report on it as a video freelancing job and I was like sure, and I started learning about it. And what caught my eyes was that Bitcoin is decentralized. What that means is that it is not owned by right. a centralized entity. That is what blockchain is. Right. And at the beginning I didn't understand it, but then so personal, que- personal story, I'm from Iran. My dad was previously a successful engineer before the Iranian revolution, had a very you know, successful career, a lot of money. And then the revolution happened, the government took over his bank accounts and froze all his assets, everything that they could see. Learning about Bitcoin, I realized if Bitcoin existed at the time, the government would not, I and mean, if he had his assets in Bitcoin, the government would not have been able to freeze it because they wouldn't have access to it. It's like in a wallet that you keep in a um, safe place. And that was powerful to me. And um, that's why I got into actually learning more about Bitcoin and investing in Bitcoin. I actually invested in Bitcoin for my dad and myself. And, um, but don't take it from me. Read my book. No, seriously, because... Um any asset if you want to invest, there is opportunity in any asset. Like don't invest in an asset because Elon Musk told you to, <laughs> or I told you. Uh, you really gotta understand what you're investing in. And Bitcoin, I I had to understand because I was reporting on it. Mm-hmm. And uh to me, it sounds like the future. Go read about it. Use yep. your judgment. Maybe you come to the conclusion that this is not the the future. And you know what? Either way, you're going to be fine. There are so many assets at your fingertips. Just look at your, you know, credit card. What are you best? What are you buying the most? Where, where are you shopping the most? And that will give you an answer of what is going to be a valuable asset for your portfolio. And um, so I don't want to like, and I know you wanted me to like tell you what blockchain is. Uh, it's as a decentralized um, internet 2.0 kind of as a ledger, but um, uh, just Bitcoin. I know it's hyped up and it's amazing, but please read about it before you invest in it.
1: I mean, the most interesting thing to me about Bitcoin is just its limited. I mean, it, yeah. it has a limit of how much there is, so I mean, there yeah. it never will have more, and you know, the so I I could see you know just these tremendous fluctuations of value and stuff, but. Yeah, I, it is. a. It's very interesting to me as well. But I I want to certainly put the link to your book in in the show notes, because I think that will be helpful. But as we wrap up today, is there anything that, that we haven't touched on? You you just kind of walked us through this tremendous story. And, and I, I really appreciate once again, you taking the time to do that. But is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think would be a value to our listeners as we wrap up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, because the majority of this podcast was, we talked about investing. um, I really want to encourage your listeners, if they are already investing to really understand why they're investing, understanding their why. Is it income? Is it capital gains? Is it just because they feel like they're missing out? Is it to create generational wealth? And to be honest with you, if it's just income, you probably want to avoid investing because then it will become emotional. I would recommend that if you're looking for a quick buck, there is a lot of money to be made online. So definitely look into that. But there is nothing better you can do for yourself and for your children and for their children to come to put the money that you make into work for you to create generational wealth. That is a definition of generational wealth. People who win the lottery, they lose it within a year. And 76%, that's a crazy uh, percentage of people who lose all of their lottery money within right. a year because they don't put it into work, because they are not financially literate. So financial literacy shouldn't be because you want to make an income, it should be because you want to preserve and pass it along the generations and for your retirement. So go get financial literate before you start investing.
1: And a great place to start would be invest diva, which is uh, her, her, community that's online. And Kiana, thank you so much for, for just taking the time to chat with us today and your busy schedule and, and, um, I mean, I know this isn't the Fox News studio, but we have listeners that that care about things just like the Fox listeners do. And I just really appreciate you just taking the time and just really helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Kiana, have a great day.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.